out. Add some staff. Quietly. Quiet voice. Add some staff without changing the budget. And so um, we were able to um, start to, um, we give something to Leah every month. It's like an honorarium for the work that she's doing. Um, Dan Patino and Craig Barton. And so those are super exciting um, changes for me. Go ahead. Be excited. Come on. Um, also, in the fall, I, I did want to report to you that the Maddox came to the elders and said, we really, we're elders of Eagles Nest Ministries. We have 30-some families <laughs> to take care of and to try to elder additional families in dwelling place and lead worship and be parents doesn't, doesn't juggle well. And so they asked if they could be relieved of their elder responsibilities. So I need you to know that. I also need you to know that in January, Tammy asked to take a break from being an elder. And, uh, and since that break, she's decided not to return as an elder. And so um, the third thing that I need to tell you is that following the um, Sizemore's coming back from their sabbatical, um, I'm going to take the month of May off. So I'm super excited about that. <laughs> Um, I, and I actually won't, I won't be here the first two or the last Sunday, but I think the third Sunday I'm going to get, I'm going to get to, I'm going to come uh, with my kids. So that will be fun. Um, and then the month of June, um, the Simonas, excuse me, the Wheelers, <laughs> I thought they were like reneging on the agreement. Um, the Wheelers are going to be off the month of June and they're going to take, uh, the month of June. You guys can cheer for them. We'll remind you of that. And then the month of July, the Simonas are going to uh, take the month of July off. So, and um, take some time with the Lord and hear what he's saying um, to each of us and then uh, being back with you. So super excited. It doesn't mean that you, um, you know, isolate and don't communicate. If you reach out and need something, we'll redirect you. If we don't respond immediately, then reach out to a different person. <laughs> Is that good? And one of the things that we were, when I was in, being in school, they, they recommended anybody in pastoral ministry every six to seven years take a person should have six to seven months off a sabbatical because just the effect. And so I think, uh, how long have you been doing it, Simonis? 2017? I think he's well, overdue. And you've with, been overdue. We it, it kind of is like one day with the Lord, you know. Like okay. <laughs> So let's just not look at real calendars. I know that um, I meet with uh, pastors and elders in Christiansburg and was getting to hear some from the Belmont um, Church and some from the Bridge and some from Christian Growth Center and um, being able just to glean from them what, what they do for pastoral staffs uh, in the way of taking sabbaticals. And so it's been an interesting journey with them over the past seven months. Some of it we've provoked. I think we've provoked the bridge. <laughs> um, uh, Belmont has some really good structure that the new pastor, he's been there for three years, has found, actually this he's finishing his fourth year, that the, the pastors that were there were not exercising. And so he's having to do some implementing of great structure that wasn't being implemented that, that he walked into. So good stuff there. Um, also, um, well, I'm, I guess that I can just curtail that and then let, let you share about apostolic. Is that okay? 
I, can, I mean, if you guys have any questions, I'd be happy to answer the ones I can. Just, did they have everybody have that? We presented this to y'all uh, last year, about this, I think it was last summer. And then when I went on a sabbatical, it kind of put a lot of things in, in, uh, in, uh, in paused everything and everything on hold. And I don't, don't focus on the outside circles. Uh, focus on, if you would please, the center circle of NRV. And uh, we, we've, uh, when I came back off sabbatical, I kind of dumped a whole lot of stuff that I feel like the Lord was really emphasizing in my heart. And showing me um, about really the true uh, scriptural viewpoints of of, uh, of leadership in the church, and uh, you know we've always tried to be team ministry oriented because we see that in scripture, functioning of the body, the proper working of each individual part, and uh, and so if you'll notice, you know we introduced last year the functioning of the elders, the deacons, and fivefold. And then the apostolic functioning around it. And, uh, and so one of the things the Lord has really been highlighting and heightening this to another level. Um, first off, I just want to say this, is that we've really been pushing, uh, the eldership has really been pushing about evaluating really scripturally what is an elder. And one of the things that we feel like we've done in the past is sin against people who were in eldership and really putting on elders a function of ministry when elders is not a ministry position. Elders in, is an oversight position. In fact, you see a real simple definition of it in 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, verses 1 through 3. where it, It's literally simple. Elders uh, shepherd the flock among you, exercising oversight, proving to be an example to those allotted to your charge. And, uh, and what we've done is, in fact, I was talking to Pat Johnson about this today. We were sitting there, we were talking about it. And what we've done is, is you put on an elder, many of the elders in DP, uh, functioning of a deacon, functioning of a fivefold, and an elder all at the same time. And so guess what? It loses, it hinders their ability to have an oversight perspective. And so... Uh, Really, we've, uh, each one of the elders are really asking the Lord, what is, it, what, what, is, what is their place in the body, a dwelling place? Not that whether they're to be elders or qualified to be an elder. I think everybody that's on the eldership team is qualified to be an elder. But just because somebody's qualified to be an elder or something does not mean that that's what the Spirit of God is doing in them. And so one of the things that, I just tell you that you may see in the future is a reordering in the elders, and you'll see probably people coming on. And really, what I, I just want to say is what I call really elders, the ones who would sit at the gate. Because um, elder comes a name called elder. Elder what? Older. And I believe uh, we may see some of that, that altering in the future. And I, and I say that, y'all. And exciting because um, I think some people in this body are, are kind of 
being out to pasture when they should really be in the fight. You know, they are kind of heading like retiring when they should be really just, just becoming fit for elders. Like, for example, I'll say this to you. Uh, Daniel and I went to the same seminary, and they had a horrific policy, and I think I might have told you all this before, that when a person reached the age of 65, there was forced retirement. And I'll be honest with you, my best professors at seminary were 70 and 76, and close to 80. And so I'm going, you know, and I'm going, somehow we're missing this. And so... And it just really spurred me into really us to evaluate some things and, uh, and, and, and to really say, okay. And then, so that's in relationship to elders. But then what is the really true ministry assignment or, or the function of ministry is in the, the place of deacons. And I think de dwelling places sinned, and even me as a leader, sinned against the, the, the functioning of deacons within dwelling place because you remember that passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I mean not 1 Corinthians, 1 Timothy chapter 3 where it describes he who serves as an, a deacon receives a high standing in the faith. And it's almost like when you read that and you're going, uh, that's what I want to be. You know, and so, uh, and so this, this place of the empowerment of deacons and and so what's possibly happening is, is well, now we know this, that we're really believing that the Lord will birth a functioning deacon team. We have an awesome team of deacons right now, but it's loose, and we're believing God to further heighten that team. And, and we're asking the Lord, okay, who would, how do we lead, provide leadership in that? How do we provide leadership in the fivefold? And that's the other thing is we will believe that God is, is to raise up a five-fold ministry team within dwelling place that equips the saints. The functioning of five-fold is to equip the saints. A function of an elder is not to equip the saints. That's five-fold ministry. The function of a deacon is not to equip the saints. The function of a deacon is a ministry assignment. And so we're looking at that like, in fact, I hope I don't spill the beans on something, but God, like Tulio, God spoke into Tulio, you know, He's, in his heart, really, he's, he's a deacon. Now that, that's not lesser form of ministry, huh? That is not, that's, where we, that's where things got screwy. All the elders are the big dogs. No. They're, they're important. But, you know, deacons function in the ministry. You want to see stuff happen? See the deacons. You know, and then the fivefold to empower, to equip the saints. And you see how we've done is we've taken these, both of these these very important ministers, and we said, okay, if anybody's got some leadership ability in them, we throw them on, on, a, on an elder. And I've told this story before, and I'm going to tell it again on Brandon um, and Allison. But when, uh, and I, this was so beautiful to me. In fact, that's why I, I cherish it so much, is when we asked Brandon a long time ago, you know, did God, would he pray about becoming an elder? Because, you know, I also know the leadership ability in Brandon and the things that God does in Brandon and Allison and what, how they function. And then Brandon and Allison prayed about it. And he comes back and says, no, because, and this is how he heard it. An elder deals with the oversight of the church as a whole. God has called me to focus in healing. And when he said that, I'm going, oh, dude, that is so cool. That 
is so cool. And so, you know, to put him in the elder would have stolen from the effectiveness in the healing ministry. And y'all, y'all, some of the most powerful things in the last two or three years has come out of the healing ministry. I mean, how many, Joaquin, I mean, those conferences that we had with them. And that, what would, here's a question to ask. Would that have happened if Brandon had got strapped, Brandon and Allison got strapped in relationship to being elders? And I would say, probably not. Because he'd have been too busy trying to run a business, be a father, be a husband, and be an elder, exercise oversight of church, and then every now and then go to a healing meeting. So, and can you see that? And our heart is, y'all, and Jared spoke it this way, our heart in, in this is to de- decentralize authority and empower the body. Empower the body. That is the heart of all of this. And, and one, of the most important, one of the most important parts in it, I just speak it that way, is the functioning of the apostolic. And, and when I say apostolic, is there's an apostle, and you know, we prayed about that in relationship to me, and I have come to that place to go, okay, Lord, I, I received that, and that apostle, minister and apostle. Uh, but if you notice in the book of Acts and all the gospel, not gospels, uh, um, the epistles, Paul did not function alone. You know, if you read First uh, uh, Thessalonians chapter one, um, how it addresses my Bible. Oops. Let me just read this to you. Who wrote the book of First Thessalonians? Who? Do what? Who wrote, the, who wrote the book? Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy. All three of them. Listen to the first. Listen to the first first part of it. For if Paul and Silvanus and Timothy to the church of Thessalonica. What is that called? That's an apostolic team. And so what we believe is that, is that God is calling there to be an apostolic team to exercise oversight and, and empowerment for the four purposes of an apostle that it carries over into the apostolic team uh, is, to, is to order, to, uh, to uh, foundations, to father, mother, and beyond the boundaries. Really simple. And, but, and so we believe at this time, at this moment, there's at, there's at least four people that God is saying that, that we know is revealed to be a part of this apostolic team. In fact, I want to ask them to come up, Leanne, Jared, and Leah. And uh, if y'all would come up here and not leave me alone in this. Um, what we are not asking that this crew be set apart quote, as, quote, some official position, because, be honest with you, y'all, we don't know how to do this. If you like, you know, you look at the book of Acts, they, there was a need to rise, and so all of a sudden the Holy Spirit gives them wisdom and pointed deacons in Acts 6, and you see what you see in the early church in Acts, Acts 2, 3, and 4 is different than Acts 20. You see the evolving and strengthening of the church. And we just see really 
us coming into this place that we're just now trying to figure out how to be family and function as a whole. And so what we're asking is that there'll be these four at this time, there, I would say there'll be people be added to this team and, and they'll, you know, even though our, our role would be to empower in relationship to the elders, our role would be to empower in relationship to fivefold, our role would be to empower and function in relationship to deacons. Uh, you'll see me as a significant role, specifically on Sunday mornings for a season. That's why you're seeing me a lot recently, um, because we feel like God is trying to birth some things in that area. But the heart is it not to be single person. This is not Rick and his ministry team. This is an apostolic team. And so it's, um, you know, that, you know, just function. You, like, for example, there's things that they hear that I'm not hearing. And there's things that I'm hearing they hear. And, and so, you know, so uh, we want to ask that y'all would agree with us, uh, pray for us, that God would let us start this journey. And what we're going to be seeing is, the formation of deacons fivefold and the, and the strengthening of the elders and to see this whole body function as a team, uh, as a family. And, uh, and so when you start to see all of these moving parts come together, y'all, there's only one thing that helps empower and causes this to happen, and that's love. When you start taking a bunch of crazy, wild-eyed people of God and start putting them together and saying, hear the Lord. And, and not looking out for our own interest, but for the, what? The interest of others. Um, you know, I think great things can happen. And y'all, you know what? When somebody would ask about dwelling place, they'd go, well, who's the pastor? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Jesus? And when you're not saying that, sarcastic. Because Why? It's, it's the body of Christ proper, you know, working properly. Now, you know, does an apostle operate in authority? Yes. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes and some things. But, so is there any questions in the things that I've shared? Um, please ask questions. Anything foggy or so We don't want anything um, to be hidden or in any way, shape, or form. We're not trying to f be a special clique or form cliques or groups. Don't like that. Now, y'all, <laughs> make up a question. Yeah, they're not. It Paula says that's not the first time anybody's heard it. Uh, that's uh, yeah. No, well, yeah. I mean, there's you got people already functioning in it right now. Uh, but um, that's a good question, Tim. And Phil, sorry. <laughs> poor, poor Phil. I always, uh, uh, that's a good question. Some of those are in place, I mean, are raising up, and some of those are just now really starting. Think about this, y'all. We focused on the prophetic, but how about this? What's, where's the fivefold in relationship to teaching? Or, you know, where's that? Or, Pastoral. You know, you know there is not a gift of a pastor. 
That's it. The only thing is present is the equipping pastoral role. You do it. The only time you see the pastoring function, the verbal form of pastoring, is in relationship to elders. Not a, quote, the gift of a pastor. So, any other questions or thoughts? Good question, Tim. But I don't... Phil! <laughs> Sorry. I love his, I love his brother. <laughs> so, but I love Phil, too. So. Sorry. I don't know why I do that. <laughs> yeah, I just probably got to call him. That's right. Lord just tell me to call him. <laughs> Is anybody else? Yes, Deborah. You know, vision casting. I don't know if you heard Debbie's question, but what the vision casting. You know, one of the convictions are within us is that the more authority you have and the function of the authority is to assimilate the hearing of the whole. And it'd be very easy for somebody like me to really come up with, you know, and really shoot and speak the vision that I have. And that has been dang dangerous in the past. But the more we've gone along is that, like the role of the apostolic would be to help assimilate the vision of the whole. All, all, really, all three teams of the bring the vision of the body out from the whole. And so, I know that's probably contradictory from everything that I was learning in, at Regent University. But you know, you kept Paul, somebody was asking Paul and I about apostolic. And, and it said this, who do y'all really go to to really hear and learn about apostolic? And we, Paul, our response was, nobody. Because you know why? Every apostolic leader that we, ever, that we run into, there's very few, they, they would say to me, their word to me is, Rick, you need to be the big dog, you need to step up, and you need to take authority. I'm not exaggerating. You need to, you need to take charge and set the vision, and you set it and go. And I haven't had babe. And I, we just believe that as a whole that God's calling us into something else as a, as a team. Um, I just want to say that this was a really hard decision for me. Um, I mean, I think there's assumptions sometimes because of our giftings that we want to walk into certain things. And I, I just want to publicly tell you that it's no light matter to me to say that I'm pursuing the apostolic because I think it's one of the closest things to the Father's heart, um, you know, the fathers and sons. And so this isn't, and I even told Rick point blank, I said, if this is a, an elite club, I'm not in because elitism and hierarchy and religion has ruined the body of Christ and that's not the gospel and I don't want to be a part of anything that isn't the gospel anymore. And so I would say to you that one of the things when I was praying through all of this, that as a body that is so heavy on my heart, is that, you know, he, he said to me one morning, and I, I shared this with a few of the, the staff, he said to me one morning, I was asking him for all this wisdom, like, Lord, what is the apostolic, and what does it look like, and, you know, I, you gave me a gift of wisdom, but I just, I can't put the dots together, and he said, Leanne, you're asking for things too lofty for you, and I mean, I was like, darn, I just got demoted, <laughs> right? Like, what do you mean I'm asking things too lofty for me? I thought this is what you were asking me to pursue. 
And he just really, he spoke very clear to me. He said, um, where my spirit is, there is freedom. And you know my spirit by my fruit. And when the fruit is there, you can ask for these things because you'll have the strength to build upon them. And so I just, I feel like as a body, as we try to move forward in some of these structure things, if the fruit of the spirit, if the fruit is not present, we have no business building some of these things. They'll implode on us. They will become like the world, and we won't look any different. So as, you know, as Rick is saying, who's out there doing this? It is a really good question, because you go back and you see it in the gospel, and how did the gospel multiply and flourish, and how are you know, thousands added in a day? Like, those things encourage me of these world systems. I mean, I'm, I'm in consulting, so it's constantly, what is the formula that will get me to where I need to go? And I would just say to you, that I think we need to, as a body, pursue being led, being sons and daughters, led by the Spirit. Allow the Spirit, the fruit, to flourish, and we can build amazing things together. But without the fruit of the Spirit, we're going to be jealous, we're going to compete, we're going to get discouraged, we're going to judge, you know, all the things of the world trying to get there. And I just, so I just want to say to you that I don't want to be on a team that's doing anything else than built on the fruit of the Spirit. Does that make sense to everybody? Just, I feel like, but we need the body to pursue that. Because if we're not doing that as a body, I don't know that the Lord's going to reveal things to us. Does that make sense? Because he won't take his, he won't let his body get hurt. Does it, you know, he saves us from ourselves sometimes, right? He resists telling us certain things because it would implode on us. And I just, so that's my, you know, when Rick says pray for us, I'm like, please pray for us to walk in that with you and in that and that if we're not walking in the fruit of the Spirit, we need to be called on that because we're asking for lofty things. So there you go. I guess really the only um, part that I have is like Rick was saying, um, the whole, the heart, the goal in this is to empower. Um, so we don't want to start asking the questions of, um, of what's my role as far as restricting, um, of, of can I do this, am I allowed to do this, am I overstepping some kind of a boundary in doing this. Um, the goal is not to do that. If we, if we get into that, we, we've changed our focus. We're looking at, we start to look at law that way. The goal of this is that we empower people to live in faith, um, that we're empowering people, and all, all we're doing is saying that the things that you're doing now, the things that you're flowing in, the way that the love of God is expressed through you, the way that the kingdom of, of heaven is expressed through you, you're functioning as this, and so it's just to empower people so then we don't feel like we have this weight that we have to do everything. Um, if, if there's a call of God on your life to be in a, uh, in a place of, of deaconing, um, we, we want to empower you to do that so that you don't feel like you have to carry unnecessary weight and walk in things that cause confusion on your own life. Um, but not in a way, like I said, that we want to restrict. Um, never in a way is this any kind of a hierarchical structure. I, 
a lot of times we look at this like a ladder, like the world looks at a, at a corporate ladder. Um, I'm in a firm that's got 225,000 employees worldwide. It's very corporate. There's a, a huge ladder. It's very open. It's very displayed. Um, in heaven, in the culture of heaven, it's not a ladder that you're trying to climb. Um, I see it a lot more like a picket fence. Um, it's everybody's in their place with a fence. And if, if somebody's out of their place, there's, just a, there's a hole, there's a gap. Um, and it's just filling that gap. There's not any part of that fence that's any more important than any, any other part. Um, it's just that everybody being in their place and the fence is completed. Um, and changing our, our mindset, changing our structural view that we don't see this as climbing some kind of a ladder that you make it to elder and then you're promoted into apostolic or anything like that. It's just walking into things that God has on your life and where you're created to function at. How do you express heaven? How do you express love right now? Um, and just doing that in a way that everybody can be the most effective. Yeah, you put me in the spot. No, I mean, I feel like when we've just, when we've talked about apostolic, which I kind of have just never really, I've just never really gone there. But this whole thing, I know for me, is just the fathering and mothering. Um and the Malachi 4 passage, I just feel like this, this empowerment um, between generations, uh, I think that's probably the thing that hits me um, the strongest, um, just in terms of, like, what the Lord's doing, so. So, anyway, so, can y'all, somebody pray for us, please? I'd really like to have somebody that's not an elder pray for us. They would volunteer. Did we, y'all, please? God, I just want to thank you so much for these pillars in the faith. I just see them as pillars in the spirit. They're steadfast and strong, and they hold up the structure. I thank you for their hearts to serve, and I just declare that God, that you flowing through them will be a blessing to them and that they are a blessing to our body. I do pray for the fruit of the Spirit. I pray for the grace to turn to your Spirit each morning and walk by your Spirit. I pray for wisdom and discernment to hear your voice and just that um, they would have the grace to walk in humility and love. And God, as that flows through them, that we would be transformed. I thank you for their hearts to, to father and to mother and for all they've already given. And I pray with this new sort of declaration and title, God, that it they would just flow more freely in it, God, but that nothing would really change because they're already um, laying down their lives for this body. And I just thank you for them and, and ask that you bless them in Jesus' name. And Father, also come in the name of Jesus, and we just break down every barrier, that every accusation that wants to come against this team right now, religious accusations from the past in Jesus' name, and we call them null and void. That's a lie of the enemy, and we declare that there will be a purity 
a holiness, a faithfulness that you will be put on this team, Lord, that they will draw those whom you have appointed like a magnet, Lord, and help them attain to the place where they need to be. I thank you that these people will be a help to this body. Lord, a hand up, a loving heart, and we just bless them as they go forth, Father, and I ask you to protect them, shield them from every accusation. The minute an accusation comes along, I pray that they would nail it and go, no, in Jesus' name, that's, oh, that's a lie. So we thank you, Father. I ask you to bless them with peace and joy and the confidence to know that they hear you and they hear you clearly. And we thank you for their hearts and their willingness to sacrifice and serve. In Jesus' name. Thank you all so much. Thank you. And I, I, I don't want to reiterate what Jared said. This is, or who I want, somebody said it. This is not some elite team. Um, this is, or a group of people. Their heart is just to serve and, and what God's calling us. So uh, we got a, a heart issue to talk about. Tulio, where is that? Huh? Can y'all come on up here, Mark? Um, one of the um, many times part of the tough thing is is that uh, you know, when, as being in leadership, you have to deal with very uncomfortable issues. Like I never forget that uh, oh, a number of years ago. Uh, somebody in our body was, uh, um, I would characterize, uh, not treated good overseas in relationship to a ministry that we were involved with overseas, a ministry that was very good, a ministry that we was involved with for many years, and in uh, and, and, and being in leadership, I had to, the first priority in my, and I, as an elder leader in the church is to shepherd dwelling place and so even though a ministry was very powerful and affecting overseas uh, we had to make a strong stand so I had to make strong stands and address issues that were very very uncomfortable and I have to confess that I had very much had to rescue wrestle with sin in my life in other words getting very fired up because somebody messes and hurts one of the people in dwelling place then you know, I want to not, not do good, you know, and I don't mean that mean, but I just, you know, we have a responsibility to love and shepherd the flock. And so there's ministries that we're not involved with overseas anymore. Uh, and not that those ministries are not good. Uh, they're very good and very, you know, have accomplished and, and saw many people led to the Lord. But a ministry does not... Uh, justify the means and sometimes there's things that that in leadership that you have to make some stands and we're like not stands uh, yet you have to shepherd the flock protect dwelling place first that's who we have responsibility for well uh, there was there's and I need to I'm just going to read you this is one of the things that there's a cha changes in relationship to the corporate body of dwelling place involvement with the PRC the PRC is a, is a ministry that we uh, 
have down years past have greatly cherished and treasure and and we still do value the ministry of PRC as a whole. However, um, I just need to, I'll just read this. As a church, we support the mission in protecting the unborn and their fight for life. The DPE and RV elders have spent the last 18 months, and the, and the letter has 12 to 18 months, but it really has been 18 months or more, um, interacting with the NRV PRC because of concerns with personal, personnel management directly affecting the people within NRV. Now, that's, a, that's important to hear that. The elders have pursued and continued to advocate for the reconciliation for, those, uh, for all those involved. With consideration, with great investment, the NRV PRC continues to make in our era the elders don't feel that the NRV PRC is receptive to our concerns or counsel. We are therefore not supporting, therefore we are not, we are not, we are therefore not supporting events or activities or fundraising efforts. The elders will reallocate mission funds previously donated to the NRV PRC. In other words, what? Not necessarily, we don't have the authority in relationship to funds that have been designated, but we're talking about the mission here. Uh, because one of the things that, that the elders have a responsibility that's in Scripture is the, the distribution of resources. And, uh, and so, and that's where this falls into. We, we ask the Lord to bless them and direct the PRC steps. It is our hope that we be reconciled both personally and individually. And so there's been meeting after meeting, both um, with uh, the PRC repeatedly to board meetings and also individuals in it. But when somebody in dwelling place in this body is unjustly treated and not reconciliation pursued, um, we felt like we cannot um, locally endorse an injustice. The ministry does not validate the means. And uh, our heart is for reconciliation. And, and Mark, when I was on sabbatical, Mark and Mitch and Leah have... Uh, sought diligently. I got involved with it um, before I went on sabbatical a long time ago. Went to board meeting to address it and, uh, and there was not an, a willingness to um, make reconciliation. And so uh, is there anything that y'all would like to add anymore than what I just said? It's not something that, that we we, our heart for the unborn is massive. That m cannot change. The ministry, that ministry, we're asking for things for God to show us how to, well, we pray, the first primary is that reconciliation. That's our first prayer. But if, if they do not honor to make reconciliation with facet parts of our body, then our first is to take care and honor the people in our body.
and we will go there. And uh, so. So we're looking for other avenues to be able to support the unborn. Yes. Deborah. Do they acknowledge that they were errant in any ways? Do they, do they feel like they have done nothing wrong? I wouldn't say that. They just feel like the way they're handling it is the way they're handling it without regard to the people who were hurt. In other words, they're to the side. They're not dealing with them. And what our heart is is for them to deal with them. We want that to happen. We desire that to happen. We've asked for that to happen. We've sat down in meetings with the, the board, and we've sat one-on-one -on -one with the people that, chairman of boards, I went with Rick, the first time we went to a board meeting, I've never worked on anything so hard in my life because I wanted to see everything at peace. Um, well, there was, you know, we uh, especially met with the chairman and another member, and and I we specifically addressed three things that we felt like the um, that there was in not only injustice but even just the wrong way to handle something, you know, in relationship to that. And the hard the hard part for me is that I think, um, you know, th they came back and said they do see several things that they probably did wrong in the process. There has been zero acknowledgement of that to us, to the people involved. So really, the, there, has been zero, there has been pretty much silence in relationship to that. So they haven't come back, they haven't made any statement in relationship that, I've only heard that me to him, not him to the other people involved or him to the you know, eldership to say that. So as far as that goes, yet there has been an acknowledgement that there was some things that they even think, I think that they think they did probably not the most wisest in that process, but again, have not come back and said that. And I think some ways <laughs> they've been waiting on, they've seen the response on both sides. And so it's, 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 it's sometimes it gets to that stalemate and you're like, you know, you, somebody's got to be a responsible party in this. And, you know, part of that is on their their side. I think our side is all we can do is continue to address that. You know, we can't make them, can't make somebody, you know, repent or anything like that. That's their. We try to set up meetings with the persons that were hurt and with the board, and they didn't think it was necessary. We've done, we've done that in the past. That's what I said to you a while ago. We already established a precedent four or five years ago when a ministry overseas in, uh, abused or hurt somebody in our body. We established that precedent a long time ago. And again, there was no repentance. And I read this past scripture. It says, 
It says, if your brother sins, go and reprove him in private. If he listens to you, you've warned your brother. We've done that. But if he does not listen to you, take two or more with you, and so that by the mouth of the same two or three witnesses, every word may be confirmed. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. If he's not, you know the rest of the verse. And that is the only thing that we know to do. Now, we don't want to go in publicly to start to defile individual persons in this. Uh, I just We ask you as a body to trust that the eldership would operate with righteousness and justice. Um, you know, I, I was involved intensely in the facts that I, that I know of was if it happened to any one of you in here, we would deal with it the same way. Our first would be to protect you. And if anybody hurts you, we would, or any business, or not any ministry, because this is a ministry, we would address that issue. And, uh, and so, and if they don't, then we must respond in a manner so that we do not approve to that which is unrighteous. So, yeah, Deborah, we have established a precedent in the past that we will protect the people in this body by God's grace. And the other case, we tried very, very diligently to, re, to repair that one, too. And there was the knowledge they did, did wrong, but they just didn't want to do the reconciliation part. The, we're told to carry one another's burdens, the people in this congregation, I can carry their burdens, you know. And we're not telling you you can't support PRC. <laughs> we're not telling you you can't support PRC. We're just trying to, from a sphere to sphere, if you will, trying to say, okay, let's deal with this. Let's bring reconciliation. Let's not let it die, and let's not let the injury just stay there. That was our goal, and it still is our goal. It's not stopped. But if you want to get the PRC, if that's what God's laying on your heart, that's what God's laying on your heart, do it. If you want to do the walk for life, do it. We're not, we're not telling you what to do. We're saying from the elders, we, like I said, we've spent a lot of time, last year especially, and it's been very difficult. You're, you're just saying that we're just going to be giving first month. Yeah, we're just going to be yeah, I think it's been about... Yeah, that's all. That's all. No, no. And we're also, um, I think right now we've been giving like $50 a month to PRC. I don't think they're going to be hurt too bad by us not giving her $50. That's not, the, that's not the issue. We want reconciliation. I mean, I have spent hours and hours at this one. I, I have cried hours and hours for this one because I love to protect the unborn been pro-life all my life, you know, and uh, and bought with PRC since whenever it started. I don't know. Lisa, you know when it started? <laughs> late 80s? Yeah, it was late 80s, okay, when I was pastoring around here in late 80s. And, and so it's very dear to my heart. But the injury that was caused can be corrected. The injury, if it, it came to a point, it's just like, okay, we're not going to deal with it anymore. Let's let it happen. And that was extremely painful to us. We're still talking to them. 
I just talked to the chair a couple of weeks ago when I saw him. We're, we're, we hug each other, but we're still just trying to work at it. We're just saying it's your choice. We don't tell you exactly. We don't, we don't tell you where to put your money. <laughs> okay? We don't do it. Okay. And so you hear our example if you want to follow it, which some people follow it and some people don't. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because, and this is important, uh, and I'll say this. I remind you of the authority that we have as elders you know, where it says in Hebrews 12, um, 13, 17, obey your leaders, submit to them as those who watch over your souls, as those who must give an account. Um, for that Greek word for obey is not the Greek word hupakuo, meaning to hear under, like children obey your parents. That word there is persuasion. And so, you know, it's on you if you think that you're persuaded that what we're walking in and presenting to the body, as far as it pertains to the body of dwelling place, and we don't want to put undue, uh, you know, hardship on you or, or saying if you'd give to PRC. Because, I mean, we love the PRC. We want reconciliation. That's, that's our heart. We want reconciliation. But if one of our body has been, I believe, stolen from, a part of the intensity of their heart has been stolen from because of an injustice, that grieves me very deeply. I do not have authority to affect anybody else outside this body. The only place I have authority is before God, is you who are sitting in this church. And that we try to take very seriously. And we try to protect and, you know, and so I, I appreciate your heart, Richard. Really do. Hey, um, do they know that you guys are doing this? That you've already, already sent the letter? So they've already been informed? They were, yeah, we were talking. We've talked to them about it. We haven't done things over here. <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing things behind the back. There are several other churches, I think. Uh, I know there are several other churches that have stopped doing this. I don't think they've had the same relationship with them as far as talking. But we're, we have been talking. We will continue to talk. Our heart is reconciliation. So we're, we're called to be ministers of reconciliation. Okay. So they know, and you've given them the letter. Okay. Did, so in the example that you, that, that's in Scripture that we have, it's go to them, go with a few, and then go to the church. What is the church in this context? The board of the PRC. Well, That's the only one. Saying, can I be on us? Yeah, so like in the context, we're talking about a member of the body has committed an injustice. So you go to that member personally, then you go to that member with two or three others members, and then if they're still not doing, doing what they need to do, then you go to the whole church. But you're saying you went to them then you went to them, and then you went to them. So I'm just, I'm just asking, is there a place that we need to consider at a larger perspective what is the body in this, pers in this context? I prayed about that one, yeah, and we've been asked that by other people. To me, we're responsible for this body. We don't have precedent for this in Scripture, you know. 
So we're praying through this thing and trying not to dishonor people. We don't want to dishonor people in PRC. That's not our heart. You know, it's, you, you don't hear me calling out names or Rick and Mitch or Leah. I love your heart. I know you guys are doing a phenomenal job. I don't, I don't, I don't doubt you guys. I love you. But I really question, this is an opportunity. This could be an opportunity. Maybe you would ask the PRC, would you be willing for us to come to you and sit down with a few other churches that are really supportive of you guys, and can we all come to the table? That might be a good idea there, Joe. I hadn't thought about that. You know, we're trying. We haven't been going to other churches because we tried to. We we don't want to cast anything on them without them being able to talk for themselves. Okay, but that's a good idea because I do know some other churches that have done the same thing. I don't know if they told the congregation, but. We want to win the people in the PRC. We want to win the people that are hurt. You know, those are, that's what we have responsibility for. I, and why is this different than, I mean, my wife has been hurt in her job before, and we haven't done anything like this because it's not a church organization that, that harmed A church that, an organization said we stand by the Scripture, okay? And so if we're going to walk with people who stand by Scripture. Now, if we are open to you if we're outside the realm of scripture, you know you can come to us and talk to us because we repent plenty of times up here. Okay? We, I would like the people who we are associated with to be able to have the same attitude. Let's look at the scripture. Let's see what's happening here. You got somebody that's harmed. And uh, scripture says if you go and to give your offering and you realize somebody's got something against you, you go and make reconciliation and come back and give the offering. They're held under that same scripture as we are. We're, we're, they're not immune. Because we want to work with them scripturally. That's all we've tried to do. And if, have we made mistakes? I, I don't know. Because like I said, we have done this with trembling before the Lord to make sure we, we are not hurting anybody. You know the interesting thing about this? person who was at the forefront of this and hurting the person in our body, Paul and I discipled many years ago and married him. So, I mean, I didn't get married to him, but so, so I, we were intensely involved in their lives. The husband of the wife uh, slept on our living, in our living room when we were in, before for months. So it's not, this is not an easy thing for us at all, any way, shape, or form. So. And I just want to say, I mean, uh, obviously, you know, over the last 18 months, I know some of that, some of, I don't know, maybe some of this is new for some of you. Maybe some of you've heard some of it kind of coming out, things like that. So obviously, we want to give opportunity. Obviously, you can come to talk uh, to us personally and things like that I just want you to know I mean even your question Joe I mean I spent a, I had a two-hour long conversation with you know the the uh, chairman of the board about you know our in relationship to supporting them and things like that so and that's just the tip of the iceberg I mean there was just hours and hours and hours into it and so 
uh, it, it isn't a decision that we made quickly. is isn't a decision we made easily. is isn't a decision we really even wanted to make. I mean, so, um, and we're believing, again, all we can do is continue to stand and believe for the things that God wants to do uh, forward. And I'm belie- I will continue to believe for 100% reconciliation, like, uh, that God will do a work in that and, and, and bring bring that back around. So, and and we also dealt with both sides. I mean, so not only the people of the PRC, but the people that were involved that got hurt. We spent hours and hours on the other side saying, "Is your heart? How's your heart? How's your heart? How's your heart?" And so, I just want you know, be aware that definitely it's it's been a both-sided thing. We've been working on both sides of that, asking those hard questions. Sometimes very crazy, uncomfortable, hard questions, and and so I just. Again, I I just encourage you in that. This has been going on 18 months. I hate to ask this question, but I have to ask the question. Have you asked the body to pray into this situation? Or was it just, we're dealing with this and taking care of this, and 18 months later, this is the decision we came to where how can we partner with the elders and pray for and intercede for in the situation and you guys are beating your heads up against the wall have you put it out to the rest of the body to pray into the situation for that yeah, that, that one's always a tough one because you're dealing with obviously things that you're talking about inside things that yeah, you you sometimes you can't reveal that until you make those type of decisions, and so obviously the heart was to I mean, heart even in for Lee and I and and, and Mark especially towards the end is just getting involved. I I was really believing for hundred percent that we were going to be able to come back and say, not even have to say anything. But um, the reality is obviously it didn't work that way. So yeah, at the very end we were told some things were going to happen, and they didn't happen. And that's what, kind of, and we didn't want to bring it, we did we were trying not to dishonor anybody, okay? So, that's the reason we didn't bring it to you before. We asking you to pray now, because the only thing we desire is reconciliation. Julia? Right now. Yes, we do. And, you know, we did, you know, we had worked to a point, I thought, <laughs> I thought Mitch and I's last meetings with them, we just finally pierced through and they understood what they could do to try to bring reconciliation and we were told they were going to do it and they didn't do it. And I went back to them after a month and they hadn't done it and said, and said well, we might have changed our mind now. I said, okay. Yeah, it was hard. Oh, yeah, bless them. Yeah. First off, in relationship to fill your statement, the elders have a responsibility before God to deal with the finances. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's a responsibility the elders have. You know, you notice in Scripture how that, they would be bring, like the apostles would bring things to the elders for, for the distribution. So that's an authority that, that we're accountable before God to deal with.
Yeah. That's true. That's a good point. And I want to read two past scripture. And Jeff's going to ask Jeff to pray. And it's, it's in relationship to leadership. And he says, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, Let a man regard us, as leaders, as in this manner, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. In this case, moreover, it is required of stewards that one be found trustworthy. So we've got to be trustworthy twofold. One of the resources, that hard-earned money that you people sow into this place. And that when we say a mission effort out, that it's sown in a place of righteousness, the best that we know. And the second thing is the resources that we are stewards of, first and foremost, is you. And that's what we're a steward of. And if we don't take care of you, if we don't plead your case, if we don't stand for you, uh, I think I would be violating God. And so, and so I always will go for the people that God has entrusted us to. So, Jeff. And I hear your questions, all of you. I mean, we hear. I was just uh, thinking about the, does the, is PRC, is it, it's, I mean, is it just one PRC? Or are there other? Yeah, that was, uh, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at one other. Yeah. To be able to get So we, we want to serve the money. We well, but what I was thinking was if, do they have like an advisory board over the elders or the, the board there, or? I want you to flip this for a minute. I want you to put yourself in the place of the people that were injured and that we were standing for. If you were in that position and we had not taken up for them, how would you be feeling right now? Because we love you as much as them and we'll stand with you. We're not making any boasts, sorry, no vows, but we want to stand with you and where you're hurt too. And if it's with another Christian organization, there's differences in how we can handle it. And so we try. I thought, you know, we, we try here to hear God all the way through this thing. 
And if we've missed it, please forgive us and just pray that God will correct us. But we just pray right now that you would join us with, and pray for reconciliation. Let's pray. Father, I just uh, I thank you for your loving kindness, Lord. And I'm thankful that on this side of the cross, Lord, that you've um, covered us. And, Lord, I just I thank you for our elders, Lord. I thank you for their, their desire not to, to um, dishonor anyone in this process. And, Lord, I just um, ask you, Father, to just cover this process. We ask for your mercy. Lord, we ask for your continued wisdom. Father, I pray the Holy Spirit would just come into this situation right now and just reveal truth, Lord, uh, to hearts, Lord. And, Father, that you would just bless the PRC, Father. We just speak blessing over them, Lord. We ask you, Lord, that um, you would just... Um, Bless their ministry, Father, that you'd speak to their hearts, Lord, that you would just, um, Lord, bring reconciliation, Father, where it needs to happen in Jesus' name, Lord. And again, we just, we just declare that you are Lord over this situation, and we give you thanks that you love us. You love everyone involved. You love us so much, Father, and I thank you for your great love for us. And we just declare this in Jesus' name. Amen. Great suggestions, too. Here. So, um, finances, Mitch? Um, and again, I just uh, will encourage anybody, if, if they, I just encourage you, you know, I think sometimes, you know, when you start trying to seek understanding in that situation sometimes it, it is hard when you either have one side or the other or you sometimes you feel like you're kind of meandering even even between both but I always encourage you I mean if you feel like you need to find some more reality in that obviously you can come talk to Lee and I Mark um, in that and so you know, Rick so I just encourage you to do that if, if you need to get that weight off of you and um, in relationship to that uh, the only other thing Thing I think we have is just you can uh, gander at the finances on the other side. Um, gander, yeah, that's a great word. <laughs> we use that one a lot. And, and <laughs> um, you can look, you can behold, you can. Um, <laughs> what other words can we? <laughs> you can graze, graze across it. Um, obviously, I wish I had. <laughs> You can eat of it, uh, you partake of it, right? Um, I wish I had some great, better news uh, in relationship to the numbers. Um, you know, obviously over the last, we had a great December, which has really carried us throughout the first part of this year. Um, probably the only great thing I would say about our finances right now is we haven't, I don't think, I can't remember if we've taken anything out of savings this year. So we haven't taken anything out of savings this year. So yes, and amen to that. Um, and really, we've just got down to that place where I think we said in the other day in the 
elders meeting, it's like, well, we're going on daily bread at this point, um, just believing that God's going to provide. And um, so uh, really, some t- you might look over there and say, gosh, there's a pretty big deficit at the end of that total. Um, that was probably the excess in December that we had. So we've kind of used all that up. We're kind of going week to week. Uh, every two, two weeks is really what it is. It, uh, just finding out, can we send out paychecks? Can we do those things? So one of the things I encourage us to do is continue to pray that God will empower us to um, reach budget. We haven't really increased that this year um, for anything, but we, are, we haven't really been hitting it either. So uh, that's the, probably the bigger thing, to ask God to give uh, just, again, blessing and life uh, in relationship to our finances. So um, does anybody have anything? thoughts or questions that they need to ask and I'm not even really going to go you can kind of read down through there but if I ha- if you need any uh, information or, cor- or desire to understand that you can either personally come to me or if you have any questions I'll definitely can answer them <coughs> you, know this, you walked out when we talked about this <laughs> Mitch but we we really we need, this is where we need your hearing God and praying because we haven't, we haven't shrunk in size, but our, our budget's been shrinking for about a year. Yes. And we're just like, what is going on? Is there something in the spirit? Is there something we don't know about that's kind of hindering some things? Um, and so we just ask that you would pray and to really, to really just hear God and see if, are we missing it somewhere? I mean, yeah, I will give it right to you, but let me give it to you, and then I'll say something. I was just curious. I sent you guys some stuff. I was wondering if you mulled through it. We're going to process it more. <laughs> That's good. You, what you said is good. It's going to take us a little while to get through that, though. Okay, so we acknowledge that. Thank you, Phil or Tim, whichever you want to be called. <laughs> he, sends, he sends a dream. Uh, let me tell you, it's to a point right now, the checks were supposed to be cut today, and I will tell you because I do not get paid. This is not my livelihood here, okay? I enjoy my $300 a month stipend, but I'm not dependent on for my livelihood. We cannot cut checks for Mitch Tulio, Daniel, and Rick right now. And so something's, we got to hear something. Are we hearing wrong, or do we? Is there something we don't know? So yeah, Phil had mentioned that he had he had sent us a dream in relationship to some, at addressing maybe some things even back 2012. So we're still praying about that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think we're more answering those questions now. So, um. In fact, I got a question. We got a question for him. Uh, <laughs> he'll, he'll get with you. <laughs> he'll get with you. Anybody else? Well, just, uh, just a quick technical question on there. When it says um, restricted funds released as far as other income, what are those restricted funds? Um, any, uh, let me see where you're looking at. Um, 
Uh, which note is it? Um, is that the the keyboard? Is that what she's uh, he's asking about? Sorry, Kimberly. I will say this. Thank the Lord for Kimberly and and we just have yeah. <laughs> even even in the craziness, she has been able to do such a great job. Um, following up, Carmen had really gotten us on this new. Um, I mean, what you call it, ACS? Is it ACS? It got us going on it. She's the one that broke <laughs> broke us in on it. I think we might have broke her <laughs> in the process. But then uh, Kimberly, Kimberly, uh, Kimberly kind of took it over and just has continued to do so well with it, just really um, getting us uh, up to date on it. And so, yeah, she was mastering. So thank the Lord for, for her. Um, but the... The supplemental funds released, I think, in that situation uh, were uh, the keyboard. Yeah, people had sewn into the keyboard, and then we just paid for that. So there you go. So anybody else have any thoughts on any of that? Oh. <laughs> I think um, this is when I first moved up here, Rick when he was doing an internship and teaching us, he just had such a profound teaching on tithing that it like totally changed, like I never knew it. And I think he totally changed my perspective. And I mean, I don't know if it's like preach on that one Sunday, like we have a lot of young college <laughs> students in here, but I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I know it was like a huge um, thing for me. Yeah, so I don't know, it's an idea to we have kind of considered that as we've been talking about, you know, those things. You know, you always want, and again, I think, you know, we've always probably cited on the thing of really as we never want anybody to come and feel they're obligated, you know, in relationship to money. So we've never really pushed it. We never really speak about it. But in some ways, sometimes that can be the opposite effect <laughs> where then people don't understand the blessing in life that's in it. So... You're always kind of this, we always speak of these dynamic tensions that you're always in trying to figure out, you know, how do you display something so it doesn't look like we just want you to give versus we know that God, when you give, you are incredibly blessed and life is, comes out of that. So we're continuing to pray. Yeah, how do you continue to walk in that place? Um, in that, so... to give as an act of worship that I think many times we walk into a church with some preconceived religious ideas that all they want is my money. I was in a church once that kept passing the hat till they got what they needed. That, you know, and so people come with false conclusions. And I think we need to know I'm worshiping my God by giving. It is an opportunity and a blessing to give. And it's not about people taking from us. It's us giving in worship. That's good. Um, I've just been thinking about um, maybe changing perspectives and how... Um, you know, there, there are some things that we just don't talk about 
at least in my family. Like, we didn't talk about money. We didn't talk about sex. We, you know, like, there's something. Sorry, are there kids in here? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. But there are, like, some things you just don't talk about. And, and I think um, redeeming the relationship that we have with money and understanding the purpose of money and resources and, you know, just thinking about giving not necessarily as just like I give so the bills can get paid or I give so God will like me or whatever it is that you know we think of giving as but thinking of it holistically as as just the relationship that we have with our resources and what what that relationship is with God I don't know that's good I heard somebody say once the answer to abuse is not neglect. And so I think I was actually thinking the same thing before Michelle had said anything too. So maybe it could even come from the body. Maybe you ask a team of people from the body that have it on their heart to share that. That's good. Um, When I just heard Marcy talk, I had the same thought that maybe it could come from people in the body um, that could share their, you know, how this church, what it means to them, and um, also, you know, about tithing and things they've learned through tithing. I don't know. But as soon as she said that, that was the same thought I had. That's really good. Yeah, I always think about, because I, you know, I'll teach on it all, certain uh, spheres and certain times, but... Um, you know, obviously, even tithing was never a, it, it's, it's never been a desire to be a law thing. It's really a faith thing. You know, even the first tithe was to Abraham, to Melchizedek. And so the reality is that tithing was never a law thing in the first place. It really was just a giving from the greatness of what God has done in them. So. Yes, I was just going to say, uh, several years ago, I was going through some hard times, you know, had the come to the church and ask, you know, for some help financially, and I had to, I mean, I had to humble myself, you know, because as men, you know, we're supposed to be the breadwinners and stuff, and so, I mean, but I had to ask, you know, and it just seems like, I mean, it's my family, you know, and so, and there, the help came. So maybe we just need to, now it's on the other side. I mean, church maybe needs to ask. There's two things I'm thinking about here, two different ways to look at this. And one is kind of a financial accounting problem is, you know, how much are we taking in, how much we're spending out, all, all the numbers of it. The other is, excuse me, the other is the question of the heart of the people and what everyone said as far as tithing is worship and what God's doing to multiply that. And I think just as for all of us, as we're praying through this, you know, saying what is the focus, I'm not sure exactly how those can be separated in all cases. I think there's a little bit of overlap there, but really as we take this to the Lord, what is the perspective and what is what is it that needs the attention? Is it the dollars and cents or is it the heart and what God's doing and how he wants to bless us? Yeah, that's good. 
Well, um, I don't even know what time it is, but uh, I definitely want to pray in relationship to that. And, um, and if, but before anybody else have any thoughts, questions on that. Um, uh, we'll pray about that and close shop. And uh, but before we do, I want to honor uh, Pastor Ellis. If you please come. We got we got five minutes. The kids are gonna run in here, and um, so uh, you know I've only known him for a week. So <laughs> and he's just got a crazy scenario how he, how we got to get a chance to he come and stay with Father and I. But I just want to ask him to share where he's what God's doing with you. He looks pretty though, don't he? That's good. <laughs> Thank you. Greetings to you all in the name of Jesus. Uh, I thank God for this wonderful opportunity. Um, also, I want to thank Pastor Rick and uh, Pastor's team here. I'm all the way from South India. And uh, God called me in 1979 for his ministry. I was born and brought up from Anglican family. Uh, I was led a nominal Christian life. My parents and my uncle, they compelled me to send to Bible Institute. And uh, I went there for themselves, not for myself. And when I went there, before that, there, there is a form to, I have to fill. In that form, a lot of questions. The, I filled all the questions except only one question. The question was, are you saved? I don't know what is that. But I was thinking myself then, I guess, I put yes and sent the form. I got admission and after I went there, the Lord saved me in the Bible school. In 1976, I got salvation and after that, I received the Spirit of God, anointing of the Holy Spirit. Then in 79, I got a ministry call. Before God called me, I told with my Lord, I won't come to ministry because in India on those days, the pastor's life was very, very sad because they don't have proper food, they don't have proper dress, they don't have proper shoe and uh, no good vehicles. You know, I was born in a very simple family. My dad, he was a carpenter and my mom is a homemaker. And uh, we, we, six children, totally eight people. My dad earned very small amount of money. And uh, it was not enough to feed all the children. Uh, that money not enough to spend for children's education. So when I was studying, I was struggling a lot for my books and, you know, my, my school materials. Um, these things brings me... I want to become a movie director. I want to become a Bollywood or Hollywood director. So my focus was to the cinema world. But my uncle sent me, he loved me so much. So because of him, I went to Bible school. God saved me. I got ministry call 79. Then I told my Lord, I won't come to ministry. Then God, he told me very clearly, I don't want your money. 
I want you. Then finally, Holy Spirit God overcame me and I commit my life to the Lord. I started my ministry. When I started my ministry, first three years, I suffered a lot. Many days I was in starving. Many, many kilometers just I walked by my legs because of no money, no bus travel, no train travel, nothing. But in the midst of all this trouble, I was glad and I did Lord's ministry every day. So in this way, God blessed me. Then after three years, God gave me promotion. He took me, uh, gave me new openings to teach in the Bible schools. Then God opened doors for me all over South India. I became a convention preacher and crusade preacher. God used me very powerfully. And with, from all kind of denominations, the people invited me. Even my Anglican church people, they know when I come out from the Anglican, they don't like me. But when God used me, uh, they also invited me to preach in their churches. So God blessed me. In, the, in this period, um, God called me when I was 24 years old. One prophet came and put his hand on my head and he said, the Lord is going to take you all over the world. I was laughing. Why God is going to take me all over the world? What is the purpose? Because I'm an ordinary person. I don't know anything. And uh, I don't have passport. I don't have money. And uh, I don't know to speak English. That was my problem. And on that time, when God spoke to me through prophet, on that time, I was not able to write even in one page in English. I was, don't know to write English. So that was my condition. So I neglected that. I, I never bothered about that prophecy. After six years, I went to another place. In another place, another prophet, he put his hands on my head and he said, the Lord speaking to you, he's going to take you all over the world. When he said this in the first time, you laughed. I, I was really, you know, feared before the Lord because this guy, different place. That guy, he prophesies a different place. And I feared the Lord, I commit my life again. Lord, if it is thy will, you take me any, any place. Then by the grace of God, in my life, year 2000 came, uh, Dr. Billy Graham Association, they invited me for their conference at Amsterdam 2000. And they spent all the money for my travel and my lodging. Everything they spent. Uh, you know, if, if God wants to take any people in the world, he is able to give everything. That's what I learned from that lesson. So my great father, heavenly father is great to me. And from there, uh, God take me all over the world. Near about uh, 19 countries I have traveled. 19 countries. No money. No background. You know, I'm not rich man. I don't have anything. But I have only one thing. Through Christ, I can do all things. Amen. Through Christ, I can do all things. So that is, that is my simple story. Um, because when I was studying, I was suffered a lot for my school books, for pen, to buy pencils, rubber. For all things, I suffered a lot. Uh, when I was studying in the high school, with only two 
dress i completed 3 years only 2 years two dress so that was my life because i suffered in these days i am helping many children through project called good life child project through that project now we are 30 children we are supporting 30 30 boys we are supporting and uh, me and my wife we pray and decided with our board members we we have planned to support 70 more children so total 100 children we want to support in this 100 children we want 70% girl children we want support so that is our heart because in india the parents they do, they are not uh, willing to send their girls to school because uh, they 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 always uh, treat girls in a different way but we want uh, stand with girls and for their uh, education so all my personal suffering ex- experience makes me to do a great things for god and um, my lifetime project is to plant 1000 churches in india uh, now we have 221 churches and uh, we are praying and we are asking uh, prayer support to fulfill this vision before jesus coming and until my, my you know my lifetime i want to do this so i have three requests from you in this i i know the time we don't have much time today you you are all tired now with a lot of uh, the important things we t- took decision today with the, you know about pastors and apostolic team i thank god for that i learned a lot of things last six days last six days god bring me here to learn many things what i don't know so i thank god for that three things i want request number one is please pray for india because if you when you go to home please turn the book of esther chapter 1 verse 1 you can read there you can find out the word india so please pray for india number 2 please partnership with our ministry that is number 2 number 3 please visit india through your pastor with your pastor so with the pastor's team please visit india and we will have a wonderful ministry from your lifetime if you want plant one church in indian village where there is no church you have dwelling place but in india in many places the people they don't have dwelling place to worship god so we want to plant churches where there is no churches if you want plant at least one church from your lifetime you can you can sponsor for that through your pastor through your board okay what we will do after finishing the construction work we will invite you you come and with your golden hands you can dedicate the building so that's our request you must know where the money is going that's very important i have finally only one message to this congregation only one god's message the word meaning of disciple is three the word meaning of disciple is three number one disciple means follower disciple means learner the third one is disciple means slave so most of the people knows much about following christ learning christ 
in America, I came to know only 20% of people reading the Bible daily. The balance, 80% of people not reading the Bible in America. But it is, it is, these things really gives me burden to pray for America. What I did, I already bought an American flag that is in my suitcase now. When I go to, when I go to India, I'm going to host that American flag, ask my people to pray for India, uh, pray, pray for America, to read the American uh, people should read the word of God every day. So that's very important. The word meaning third is slave. Disciple means slave. What it means? Simply I can say, the meaning of slave is the slave don't have any rights to say the word no. The slave, he don't have rights to use the word no. That is slave. When angel of the Lord came to Saint Mary, Virgin Mary, he came with the assignment. And the assignment is, Mary, you blessed Mary, you are going to deliver a savior to the world. It is not good news for Mary because she was encaged with Joseph. She was waiting for her wedding day. But before that, she has to bear child Jesus to deliver as a savior to the world. It is not easy assignment. It is very hard assignment. But Mary, she knew that she is a slave for God. What she said, Behold, I am thy servant. Behold, I am thy slave. She accepted. What happened? Lot of, lot of challenges. Lot of opposition. Lot of criticizing. In the midst of everything, she never bothered about anything because she knew that she is slave for Christ. And through that, she accomplished her mission for God. So what is this message? Why I am sharing this to this dwelling place people? Dwelling place, congregation, only one message from your Indian brother. That is, the Holy Spirit wants you to commit your life as a slave. No question to Holy Spirit. We can question to people. We can question to leaders. We can question to husband. We can question to wife. We can question to anyone in the world. But to Holy Spirit, be commit your life like slave. No question. So this is the message from your Indian brother by the Holy Spirit. Thank you very much. God bless you. Amen. Hello, hello. All right, so uh, we're just going to pray. Obviously, these kids have been released, I think, back in, so we're going to pray and close. So let's just stand. Um, Lord, we just thank you for 
tonight. We just pray. We thank you for Pastor Ellis. We just want to thank you for him and just bless, uh, Lord, the things that are going on in India and the things that you have assigned and put his, into his hands to declare into these children and to just raise up men and women, Lord, of the kingdom, men and women of God uh, in India. And, Lord, we just want to pray for them and pray that you would just uh, walk with them and supply, Lord, all their needs according to your riches and your glory. And so, Lord, we thank you for, for him, and we thank you for the uh, blessing he's been to us even just this past week, and we just bless him uh, as he continues to move move on from here. And so, Lord, we uh, also just want to take just an opportunity to, Lord, obviously talk about hard things, uh, Lord, finances and PRC and uh, even just leadership changes and things like that. And, and Lord, I just pray uh, the peace that surpasses all understanding would guard our heart and our minds and, and those things. And, and Lord, we just want to pray also for our finances. Lord, we just pray life and blessing, Lord, into uh, the atmosphere of heaven in this place, Lord, and that you would bring the atmosphere of heaven, of of, of a the leader, a king that owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Lord, you just continue just to release life and life abundantly into the finances of this body, of the church, Lord, of individuals, of families. Lord God, continue just to bless, Lord, and increase and empower, Lord, our body to, to not only uh, the, that you've given us the power to make wealth, but, Lord, even to give wealth, Lord, to declare and give. And so, Lord, we just bless that and we speak that over our body. And, Lord, we agree with Jeff and just the, the prayers of the PRC. We're asking in Jesus' name you would just work, Lord, on our behalf. God, work on each individual, Lord, on, on the uh, Lord, work on, on, on the behalf of your kingdom, Lord. We know that we serve the, the same God, and we're just believing that you're going to speak and declare, Lord, just the response into that. And so we're asking in Jesus' name, God, move in that. And and, Lord, we thank you for, God, just the leadership things that you've been speaking into the body, Lord, even just how you're continuing to align the, those elders and deacons and fivefold and apostolic, Lord. And we, we really, truly believe we want to be at that apostolic church. We want to walk according to what you've declared. Even when you said that the church is built on the apostle prophet, Lord, even what does that mean? Like, how do we walk in that? But, Lord, you're showing us and, and building into that, Lord, and that as the fivefold equips, as the elders, Lord, really shepherd our or really uh, see over, uh, have oversight and, and uh, lead to be an example. And as the deacons lead in that ministry, Lord, we're just asking for, Lord, not for even our, just this generation, but for even the generations to come, Lord, that you would continue to order that so that we can be solid in the things pertaining to your kingdom so that we can uh, bring many sons and daughters to glory. So we'll be ready for even what... Uh, was spoken earlier about the, the even the the ability to gosh a thousand come to the Lord right now like well man I want to be ready for your glory and your kingdom in that so Lord we just ask for that revelation of how to continue forward and we speak the yes and amen to you and we speak the yes and amen to your Holy Spirit uh, just as Pastor Ellis said mentioned and so Lord we thank you for that we bless you we honor you for that and we just give you praise in Jesus name Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks for coming tonight. Again, if you have any questions, feel free to come find us. Anything else? Um, love you guys.